a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The headlines have focused a lot of talk of late around those crossing the border and where they have ultimately ended up, including places like Martha's Vineyard. Those on the political left have claimed it's all just political stunts and using people as pawns. Some on the right have praised Republican governors for highlighting how serious the border issue is. My question, are both sides missing the point? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, let's start with where the battle is, and then we'll talk about where the battle should be and where it can go. Uh, So often we find ourselves in these political battles that are fighting the wrong battle, wrong war, wrong time, wrong place, all the wrong things. And so as it relates to those coming across the border, uh, some that have come across illegally, some that have come across illegally and then petitioned for asylum, uh, some who have come across legally. And you have all the different components to all of that. And it all is a jumbled mess at the border. Uh, You've had uh, governors in the state of Texas, in the state of Arizona, and in Florida, uh, who, for the most part, their states and their cities in particular along the border have dealt with the brunt uh, of that issue. And it is a significant issue. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, the reports are, are really extraordinary in terms of the number of people coming across and what that means for some of those border towns. Uh, if you look at the uh, the town of Del Rio in and of itself, uh, it is a small town. Uh, and as small as it is, uh, they have had tens of thousands of people uh, come there across the border. And so should Del Rio, that city, should it have to pay the price for the federal government not doing its job? That's a good question uh, that we should be asking. Uh, should other cities and other states, uh, especially those that are safe zones, uh, those who uh, are open 
Uh, should they take some of those people who are coming across the border and then those who are awaiting to have a hearing, whether that's an asylum hearing or an immigration hearing, uh, a lot of those things. And that is such a backlog. That's a whole nother conversation to have. Uh, but let's start with just the political rhetoric component to this. And then I want to demonstrate how this is keeping us a safe distance from a conversation that could actually solve the problem. So let's start in the White House. Uh, White House spokesperson Karine Jean-Pierre in her uh, briefing uh, deplored what Republican governors are doing, sending uh, these people to other cities and to other states, uh, calling it shameful. It's come up in the briefing room before because this has been happening for the past uh, several weeks. Um, so as we have said repeatedly, there is a, there's a process in place. Uh, we have had a process in place. There's a legal way of doing this. Um, and uh, for managing migrants, Republican governors interfering in that process and using migrants as political pawns is, uh, is shameful, is reckless, and just plain wrong. Now, I agree. Uh, using migrants as political pawns is plain wrong. No question about it. And I think there's more to the conversation. Now, Governor DeSantis, of course, sending uh, some 48 people up to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, that feels like a stunt to me. Uh, the governor says, hey, we're, we're not a sanctuary city. We're not a sanctuary state. Those who are uh, should welcome these immigrants, uh, these migrants with open arms. We are not a sanctuary state, and it's better to be able to go to a sanctuary jurisdiction. And yes, we will help facilitate that transport for you to be able to go to greener pastures. He went on to say uh, that most of what is being done by Democrat uh, cities saying, hey, we would we would welcome people uh, is is more virtual signaling than it is actually virtual helping. Biden would fly people in the middle of the night, dump them all across this country. There was no warning on any of this. And all those people in D.C. and New York were beating their chests when Trump was president, saying they were so proud to be sanctuary jurisdictions, saying how bad it was to have a secure border. The minute even a small fraction of what those border towns deal with every day is brought to their front door, they all of a sudden go berserk. And they're so upset that this is happening. And it just shows you, you know, their virtue signaling is a fraud. All right, that's the political rhetoric. Now let's get down to the issue. Uh, both sides can scream and shout, and they can use this for political posturing and scoring political points, and that is what both sides of the aisle has been doing when it comes to immigration and our border for decades. Both sides. And I will tell you, when I first went back to Washington, D.C. as a chief of staff, the issue that was front and center everyone was talking about was immigration and the border and what was happening. And so there was an effort to be made. There was a bipartisan group put together. There was a several thousand page bill that was cobbled together and then plopped with an all or nothing, no amendment opportunity kind of vote. And as I watched that, and remember, I, I went back to Washington, D.C., not as someone with any political experience. I went back looking at it through a business lens, uh, and I was astonished at what I was watching. And what I believed then and what I still passionately, fervently believe today 
is that we could solve 94.5% of the immigration issue in this country in a single afternoon on the floor of the United States House and the United States Senate. Now, why would I make that claim? Because everyone agrees across the political spectrum. Everyone knows we need to have a secure border, and they agree. Everyone knows we need to update a system that makes it better and easier for people to come into the country illegally than it does to do it legally. So we have this ancient, archaic system that doesn't work and is broken. And everybody knows we need to fix that. Everyone knows we need to fix worker programs where many people coming up from the southern border uh, are not here for baseball, hot dogs, and apple pie. They're here to work and to provide for their families. And they want to come across and work and then they want to go back home. Let's make that possible. They're an important part of our communities. They're an important part of our economy. Everybody agrees with that. Everyone knows we need to deal with H-1B visas. Everyone knows we need to have a system in this country so we can tell who comes into the country and who leaves. And I always say, if Disneyland can tell me where my family is anywhere in the park over a three-day period, surely the greatest country in the history of the world can figure out a way to tell who comes in and who leaves. And everybody agrees on all of those things. And some of the naysayers will say, well, yeah, but what about, what about the millions that are here illegally? What about that? That's the breaking point. That's why we can't get a deal done. No, the reason we can't get a deal done is because both Republicans and Democrats raise too much money off of immigration as a wedge issue. Too many Democrats, too many Republicans run political campaigns using this as a wedge issue to try to win election. That's why we can't get the deal done. And then when it comes to the whatever it is, pick a number. Let's say the let's say the number's ten million. Maybe it's more, maybe it's less. Let's say it's ten million that are already in the country illegally. Well, if you fix all the other problems, that number's gonna go down. And then of the remaining number, when it comes to the remaining number, once you get the system working properly, let's say that half of those remaining are thugs and bad guys. I trust the American people to know what to do with thugs and bad guys. And let's say that the other half are really compassionate cases. I trust the American people to know what to do in the most generous, compassionate nation on earth. Always the first to show up. Always the first to donate. Always the first to reach out in a time of need anywhere in the world. And so I may not trust our politicians to get this right, Sadly, because they're more worried about raising money and winning elections and holding on to power. And things that are going on right now, all the headlines that we're reading across the board, are just indicative of how simple it would be to actually solve it if our elected officials actually wanted to solve it. And that's what we, the people, have to demand. There is a solution to this. It's an easy solution. And it's not about the rhetoric of the left or the rhetoric of the right. It's about doing what's right based on principles, rule of law, and compassion, which I believe are deeply American principles. Think again with 
Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.